evening, I have a beautiful, beautiful message that I want to share with you. A story that is so well known by you as probably you could tell it by heart, the story of Christmas in the Bible. And Pedro began the last week's message with the story of Joseph and a message called Moments of Obedience. If you haven't heard that message, I don't know if we can be friends. You really need to go on Spotify. You need to listen to that message again. It was beautiful explaining the work of God in the life of Joseph. And this evening, we will go and dive into a little bit of the story through the perspective of Mary and the encounter that she had with the angel Gabriel. And we're going to be talking about moments of surrender. Because... Before we start and even going through surrender, what do you think when you hear the word surrender? The word surrender, for me, it, it feels like a white flag. You know a white flag? When you wave a white flag, it means I give up. I'm not going to fight anymore. I, I don't want to do this anymore. It, for me, it feels like raising my hands. I'm hands off. I'm not going to try to do anything else. I'm out. Essentially, what we think about surrender is giving up. It means that we're in, we don't want to be involved with something anymore. But actually, that's not the way that we should look through surrender in the Word of God and in the Bible. Surrender in the Word of God means to voluntarily hand over possession or control to another. Surrender is something that we choose to do voluntarily, hand over possession or control to someone else. And in this Christmas season, I believe through the word of God that all of us need to surrender something to God. All of us right now, and I don't many of you, I don't know your names, but if we, die, we dove a little bit deeper, there would be something. We all have something that we have to be surrendering at the at feet of Jesus. Perhaps it's your relationship and a close relationship that you have that you need to put Jesus at the center. Maybe you have to surrender to God a job opportunity that feels amazing. It feels like every prayer answered, but you need to surrender that before God and ask him for a direction. Maybe it's your future. And we have a lot of students at Riverside Lisbon, and so many are just so hopeful for the graduation. Some are going to graduate right now, more or less at this time, just a few more exams. Some are going to graduate in the summer, and it's going to be a lot of decision-making. So many things will change, and maybe, maybe, just maybe you need to surrender that before God. Maybe it's your close relationships with, with a spouse or with a child, with a child of yours. Maybe you have to surrender your finances. And so in this time of the year, we speak a lot about generosity, but this is a time where people are very self-centered. They just think about what do I need? What do I want for myself? But one of the things that I've been um, learning so far in my life, these seven years that we have planted Riverside Lisbon, about same seven years that I've been married to my wife, Gabby, that we started the Lisbon Project, and now we are a family of four with two little girls. And one thing that I realize more often than not is the need of daily surrender our lives before God. The need that we have of not just reminding that one time in the past when we say, God, take control. God, may your will be done in my life. But that need of surrender is something that needs to happen constantly in our lives. 
Pedro, last week, he spoke, and he said that life isn't, isn't measured just in time, but life is measured in moments. Life isn't measured just in time, but it's measured in moments, in holy moments. And today, I want to add a little bit more into it. That surrender is not just a moment in time, is all the moments, all the time. Surrender is something that needs to happen in the life of a Christian. All the moments, all the time. All the moments, it means that it's at your workplace. It's your relationships. It's your studies. It's your choices. It's your feelings. It's your emotions. It's every single moment of your life. And it's all the time. It needs to happen daily, as I've said. It needs to happen monthly. It needs to happen every year. And now we're closing a year and thinking about everything that happened before. Every day, every opportunity we have is a time of surrender. But let's go into the Word of God and open in Luke chapter 1. If you have your Bibles with you, if you have the Bible apps, if you want to take notes, please feel free to do so. And let's read together in Luke chapter 1 and start in verse 26. And the word of God says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. So this is many times the beginning of the Christmas story. And uh, once again, I had to go into it. And, and there's so much beauty and so many great things that I've learned. Even studying the Word of God for a long time, you always learn new things. And this detail of God sending Gabriel to Nazareth. And Gabriel is an angel, and uh, of course, it's the Bible, and the Bible does speak about angels. It's such a mystery. We don't know everything there is to know about angels. The Bible just uncovers a little bit of who they are and what we do. But we know that this angel named Gabriel was sent by God to, to Nazareth. He was sent to Nazareth to a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. So we know in the Christmas story, and many of you watch the movies, that this angel appears, and she gets to see an angel. And we were speaking in the car just this week as a family with our four-year-old and a two-year-old. I don't think that the two-year-old was paying much attention, being honest. But the four-year-old already understands a lot of things. And we were speaking about angels, that angels are everywhere, that angels see everything. And, and J.D., she's the four-year-old, and she just looks terribly sad. She's able to do that face like instant when she wants you, you to know that she's sad. And she puts on the very sad face and just says, but, but Daddy, I haven't seen any angel yet yet and of course she re would really love to see an angel and we were trying to explain but but jd sometimes uh, maybe we do see angels we just don't know that they're angels and and maybe the angels are are busy doing things and obeying god and they don't want to show exactly who they are and and many times the angels come and gabby was explaining many times angels come when we're in trouble, and Gabby was explaining, there was this episode when she was much younger. She was swimming in the ocean, and all of a sudden, she lost control. And she was really at risk of, of drowning. And, but so this stranger, this man, just shows up and pulls her out of the water and brings her to shore. And before she could think, before she could understand exactly what happened, this man simply vanished. And so Gabby's explaining, well, 
it's very likely that this man was an angel. It's very likely that God sent someone to save me at that time. And I'm just thinking, explaining this to JD. I'm just thinking, well, I really, really wish that you don't get to see any angel in your lifetime. Because if it means that you have to be drowning in the ocean to see an angel, let's hope it doesn't have to be like that. But Mary wasn't really expecting and we see an angel being sent to Nazareth. And we know the Christmas story and I don't know about you, but when I read about God and sending an angel to Nazareth, I think and I always pictured Nazareth as just this booming city about this place with a lot of people a lot of houses a lot of roads and a lot of things happening in that city but actually historically and I was reading into it Nazareth was one of the smallest villages in Israel Nazareth basically had nothing that appealed anyone to choose to live there right now I don't know if you're in this housing market trying to find a place to live if you want to go live in Qashqais or if you're choosing Almada and maybe you're farther away in Tohjvedras and you're finding the right place to be well Nazareth is definitely the place that no one wants to live it's a way of everything. It there has nothing important that is happening there. And it's super small and poor. And I have, for you to understand the size of this city, I have this picture of Praça do Comércio. There you go. Have you been to this place? Yeah? You're familiar with that? A beautiful open space, a beautiful landmark in the city of Lisbon. And as you can see, you can see like little pieces. Those are people there just walking around. Maybe it's you taking photos, enjoying a good time, showing Lisbon to your friends. But I want this to just overlay about the approximate size of Nazareth in the, in the Praça do Comércio. Can you put the image, please? This is about the size of Nazareth. This is about the space of that little place in the world where the almighty God, creator of heavens and earth, decided to send an angel with a mission. Now, this is important. Why? Because I believe and I know that in this room, we have people from many places around the world. And you may be from a very small and insignificant place that no one really cares about. Or maybe you're from a bigger place or a very important place. But the way that you've lived and the brokenness that you feel make you feel that your life is so small and so insignificant before God. And now you're in Lisbon or just passing by Lisbon. And uh, you, you are planning on bigger things. And you are happy that you're in this place of the world that is booming. It has so many international people. But you know what? Many times and most of the times our brokenness follows us along. And maybe you struggle with feelings. I don't have what it takes. Who cares about me? Who knows where I am? Who cares about my well-being? I don't have the wealth. I don't have the conditions. I don't have the nationality. I don't have the education. I don't have the experience. I don't have the looks. I don't have anything to give. But you know something, and what the story of Christmas tells us is that none of that matters to God. Nothing about that matters to God because wherever you are from and wherever you have been, God knows you and he sees you and he loves you and he cares deeply about you. There's nothing in your life that God doesn't know and God still loves you deeply. And where you are from 
doesn't say where you will go with God. Who you've been in your past doesn't say who God, with God, who you will become. And like Mary, when God starts unfolding a plan, God is willing to send one important angel to the tiniest little corner of earth named Nazareth because God had a plan for Mary. And wherever you are or wherever life will find you one time, be sure that God has not forgotten of who you are and that your life matters immensely to God. God cares about where you are and he makes sure that he finds you exactly where you are. And it's in this context that we come into this village, this small place of Nazareth, that the angel comes to see Mary. And in verse 28 in Luke 1, it says, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Now, it's an interesting thing about the name of this angel because Gabriel is only one of two angels in the Bible that we actually know their names. Gabriel is one, Raphael is the other one. And Gabriel appeared two times before in the Bible. One time he appeared to the prophet Daniel and another time, more recently, he appeared to Zechariah. And the Bible says that the moment that these two men saw the angel Gabriel, that they fell on their faces on the floor. They were scared to death. They were shaking of, with the sight of an angel. Now we look at the story of Christmas and Mary is a woman. Maybe that says something. But he looks at this angel and she hears the greeting, greetings favored woman, the Lord is with you. And what we get from Mary is not, is not awe and, and just embarrassment and just shaking. What we get is confused and disturbed. You never really know how a woman will react. I don't know if you agree with me. Maybe not. Let's not go there. Forget that I said that, Okay. But Mary had a different perspective. Because what the angel said mattered a lot. She paid attention to the words. She wasn't like the man that just see all the lights and maybe I don't know exactly how it looked like. But they were so in awe that they couldn't understand anything. They were just scared for their lives. But Mary paid attention to what the angel said. But these words made her feel confused and disturbed. She was thinking in her mind, why did he say that? And we might think, what is so confusing about those words? Those words were meant to be empowering, to be encouraging. These are meaningful words to share with someone. But if you don't believe these words to be true, they leave you confusing and unsettled. It didn't resonate with Mary's heart. And this reminded me of Gideon in the Bible. How many of you are familiar with the story of Gideon? Have you read it? Gideon? Yes? No? Maybe. Gideon was this guy in the Bible that wasn't acting very courageously. When the people of Israel, they were suffering at the hands of another people called the Midianites, Gideon was hiding and Gideon was trying to provide for his family. But he had an encounter with another angel from God 
And the angel told him, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Do you know what, how Gideon reacted? His reaction was equally anticlimactic. He didn't take this, the words of the angel to the heart. He replied, if the Lord is with us, why is this all happening to us? Where are all the miracles that our ancestors told about? I'm very sure that the Lord has abandoned us. This is how Gideon reacted. And this is more or less how Mary reacted. Because she was hearing these words of the angel. And, and she's thinking, what is this guy or angel or whoever is talking about? Do you have any idea of who I am? Do you know where I'm from? How am I favored by God? Have you seen my house? Have you seen my bank account? Have you seen the struggles that I'm having to deal on a daily basis? Do you know who I am? Do you know that I'm a woman? How can you say that I'm favored by God? And she didn't get it. And many times, in all of us, when God speaks word of love, when God speaks words of peace, and especially when we embrace faith, when we heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus for the very first time, when we hear them for the first time, so many times our reaction is, what is happening right now? What are you talking about? A God that is love? Have you seen the world that we live in? Do you, have you seen my life? Do you know the struggles that I've been going through? I'm too broken. I'm too complicated. That, doesn't, that, that isn't an answer for anything in life. It doesn't make any sense. But there isn't a definition in the Bible for someone that is too broken. There isn't a reality in the Bible for someone that God is not able to extend his love and his mercy. In fact, that is the exact reason why God comes to our encounter. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and of your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins he gave us life with christ what the bible says just like mary and just like so many people we had nothing going our way because we were completely wrecked before god but that's exactly why god comes to us that's exactly why god is speaking words of love to you this evening that is why maybe you don't feel that you deserve it. Maybe you, you think if only people knew who I was and the things that I've done, I wouldn't be able to even be in this place. It's exactly to you that I want to remind you what the Bible says. God loves you. God cares for you. God has plans and purposes for your life. And it doesn't matter how broken you feel, God's love can take it. God's love can embrace you. God's love can transform your life. Because it doesn't matter how far you have been running away from God. Now with Christ, your relationship with God can be as tight as nail in flesh. In his mercy, God is so rich in mercy. Doesn't matter even what you have done today. God loves you. And he's so willing to restore you in that brokenness. 
this word that the angel this word that the angel told Mary you have found favor with God this word favor is so meaningful in the Bible it comes from the Greek word charis it's the same word that charity in English comes from it means unmerited favor it means that the love that God has for you is going to be impactful in your life the love that God has for you is going to change things It's not going to leave you the same way as God has found you. You that have been walking with Jesus for quite a while, are you the same as you were last year, 2023? This whole past, the beginning of the year. Are you the same person that you've been in 2010? Are you the same person? No, I'm not going to say 2000 because some of you were born after 2000. Oh, my word. I feel so old. We're not the same people because when God steps into our lives, he starts a work of charity, a work of charis, a work that changes us with his unfairted and and, and merited favor. And he does that because he has a mission for us. Just the same as Mary When God's love encounters us, it is to change our lives. It is for us to grow closer and deeper with him. But never forget that God has a plan and a purpose for you. A plan that is completely different from anything that you prepared for your life. Mary wasn't planning on being the mother of the Savior, the mother of the Messiah. Mary wasn't counting on it, not in a million years. But that's the plan that God had for her. So in the same way, when many of us Christians in following Jesus, God surprises our plans with his own plans. And when God starts shaping our lives in a different direction, sometimes in a way that can be a bit painful, sometimes in a way that, content, that feels it's fighting against our own will, Because we say, I'm not good enough. I'm not capable enough. I'm too old or I'm too young. Or just please call Pedro to do it. Just please call, call Masu to do it. Please call someone else other than me. But the story of Christmas and when we look at this 13, 14 year old that was Mary. And God surprises her with a plan that was bigger than her life. That was bigger than Many, many plans that people are trying to accomplish on this earth, it simply means that you are perfect in the eyes of God for the mission that he has for you. And God does not call the equipped. God equips those that he calls. And like Mary, when God starts doing that work in your life, because all of us were called by God, We all have a purpose in God for all eternity. We are going to have to learn to surrender. Not just one moment in time. Not just this one Sunday, December 10th, that we had a beautiful holy moment with God where we surrendered everything. But what happens tomorrow, Monday the 11th, will matter. And we'll have to surrender before God. What happens on Tuesday the 12th, matters and we have to surrender it before God because surrender is not just one moment in time it's all the moments all the time and the angel continues and says in verse 31 
you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And you can imagine being in Mary's shoes right now for a little bit. And God, you being a teenager with all those hormones and everything happening. And God simply overwhelming you with this beautiful story that is the beautiful story of Christmas. That was promised many, many years before. To be specific, 400 years before. Because in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, we see exactly this. The Bible says, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 400 years before the angel was speaking to Mary, God already prophesied this very moment in time. But it's hard to look by and see these 400 years. Do you know what 400 years means? God was telling in Isaiah this promise. When the people of Israel, they were praying, God deliver us. God save us. God, you have to do something because we're not able to. Because life is crushing us. God, send us a deliverer. And God says, I have your back. I'm going to send my anointed one. I'm going to send the Messiah. He's going to be born from a virgin. He will be God with you. It will change the story of mankind forever. But then the people of Israel had to wait 400 years. Imagine that, that you call me today, that you have an issue, and, that, and I tell you, don't worry. I'm going to be right there in 400 years. That would fill your heart with hope. Imagine that you have a problem, and that can happen in, in Portuguese roads. They're a bit bumpy sometimes if you drive around. Maybe if some of you in Lisbon, it doesn't resonate. Not everyone has a car in Lisbon. You take the train, you take the metro. But if you drive outside of Lisbon, maybe if you have a tr troubles in the car, when you call that number, when you call your insurance and you say, I have a car issue, you need someone to come urgently. To fix the car, to, to redeem you and to help you get, get out of the middle of nowhere in Portugal. And if it takes two hours and if it takes four hours, it feels like it's taking 400 years. And it's not helpful for anyone. But God is on time. Maybe it wasn't the time that the people of Israel wanted. Maybe it's not what we expected, but now that we look to the story of Christmas, we know that God was on time. And at the exact time, the angel shows up to Mary. And then Gabriel shows up. The Bible says that he showed up to Zechariah six months before he shows up to Mary. And he greets her with a greeting that changed the story of mankind forever. In verse 31, the Bible says, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. How can I be pregnant when I have met no men? 
And the angel replied in verse 35, The Holy Spirit will come, up, come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Now, again, if we put ourselves in Mary's shoes, I think I would have even more questions than before. What does this mean of the Holy Spirit overshadowing you? What does it mean to conceive from the Holy Spirit? This is crazy talk. This is a lot more than a teenager can handle at this point of her life. But the angel continues in verse 36. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son, and now is the sixth month of her pregnancy. For the word of God will never fail. Does this seem strange to you, Mary? Does this seem impossible to you? And, and I, I do think maybe angels can look a little bit into your mind and, okay, this person is not following me. She's just completely overwhelmed. And the angel is going to give her an example. You know your cousin Elizabeth. You know that she's much older than you. She's, she's past the age of having kids. She was barren all her life. People called her the barren one. But God showed up. And she was able to conceive. When God shows up, things happen. And you know what, Mary? Do you know what this means, Mary, for your life today? That the word of God will never fail. If the word of God is coming to you, look at the people around you and remember this. The word of God doesn't fail. That's why I love that we're able to be church together. That's why I love the fact that we can come together because we are able to testify that the word of God never fails. I might be going through an employment right now in my life, but some of you had gone through an employment. You have experienced that, and you have experienced how God was able to deliver you, how God was able to provide for your life. So many of you have been going through sickness and difficult seasons in your life. So many of us have experienced going through that valley of the shadow of death, but at the right time and the right way with the right timing, God healed us and we experienced the blessing of healing and we've experienced the things that only God can do. But at the moment that I'm living the problem and the suffering, it can be very lonely, but that's why we need to surround each other. Because your miracle, what you, God is doing in your life is going to encourage me. What God is doing in your life is going to uplift me. I want to know about the things that God is doing in your life. Because it may take a while longer for me to experience that. But in seeing God at work in your life refreshes me, encourages me. I want you to see the God that is at work in my life and doing amazing things. Because I want you to know that the promises of God are still true for your life today. Because the word of God will never fail. And that's why we come together. That's why we rejoice together in looking at the things that God is doing in this community. And when we share those experiences with each other, we know and we will see that the word of God will never fail. So all of a sudden, Mary's response to all of this in verse 38, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. And then 
the angel of the Lord left her. When God proposed to do something so big in her life, with a plan that was simply overwhelming, with a reality that she was about to face that felt it's simply too much to ask for a 13, 14-year-old to bear. When she looked at her life, she didn't believe in herself. Mary didn't believe in herself, but her response is, I don't understand it all, but I live to serve God. I am the Lord's servant. I surrender my life. I surrender my plans. I surrender my dreams. I surrender anything that I have going on right now, and I embrace what God wants to do with my life. Remember that the story, the first verse that we read from the Bible that says that all of this started on the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy? It's another character. It's someone else in the story of the Bible that experienced the holy moment. And the story of Elizabeth is, it comes across the story of Mary. And these miracles in the Bible, they have so much to do with each other. Not just because Mary and Elizabeth are cousins. But because of what God was doing in the life of Mary mattered. And what happened in the life of Elizabeth mattered as well for, for Mary's story. As, as I said, Elizabeth was very old and probably prayed her whole life with Zechariah, her husband, a priest. And the Bible says that this couple prayed to have a baby. At this day and age, they prayed so much. I cannot imagine or count the tears that they shed because they prayed and they believed that God could bless them with a child. And now they were old. The time to have the children passed. My wife, she wanted us to, I'm, I'm eight years older than my wife. So when we had JD, I was already 32. And for in some books, that's already a bit old. Because you want to play with your kids. But, but then it's about that time that your back starts to ache. And then you want to pick them up. But you can't really do that anymore with the same energy when you were 20 or 25. So it is something good to have children when you're, when you're younger. But this couple, their miracle came much later. But it was a miracle nonetheless. They received this child with so much joy. And the news of Elizabeth's pregnancy glorified God. The one that everyone called the barren one. The one that couldn't have children. Was blessed by God. And the Bible says in verse 39. A few days later Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea. To the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Maybe Mary went to see Elizabeth so quickly because she couldn't explain what happened to anyone in her family no one would have understood that Mary a teenager that was engaged to Joseph was all of a sudden pregnant 
People would have thought the most terrible things that Mary did. People wouldn't have understood. So she goes to see Elizabeth because if God is speaking to Elizabeth, maybe he will continue to speak to me. She will understand the things that I'm going through. And I think that Mary was preparing to, okay, when I'm going to tell Elizabeth what happened, and maybe there, there would be an awkward moment while they were both having tea. And Mary would say, you know, Elizabeth... Something happened recently. Yeah? What, what happened? Well, you know, I think I saw an angel. Really? Wow, an angel. And what did he say? Oh, uh, well, and I will spare you all the details. And maybe, may, maybe Mary was living that story. How oh, I'm going to tell Elizabeth what happened. But the moment that Mary comes in through the door, the baby in Elizabeth's wound leaps of joy. On the sixth month, the baby could already leap. And it was that, and the Bible says that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she says, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Mary didn't even know if she was already with child. And Elizabeth confirmed, hey, what happened a few days ago? It's true. And the Holy Spirit has already begun to work in your life. You're not seeing it yet, Mary. Because within a few days, you don't see it. And maybe what God is doing in your life, you cannot see it. But God will put people in your life just the same way that he put in Mary's life. Of reminding you of the promises of God and the faithfulness of God in your life. That is why we come together every Sunday. That is why we want to encourage each other with the word of God. Because God is faithful to your life today. God is going to be faithful no matter what. He's going to show up like he did to Mary. It doesn't matter the things we go through. God is sovereign and he is good. Fabula, he's not going to abandon you. It's not going to be now. It's hard right now, but he is faithful. He is God and he has your back. He has the future in his mighty hands. And we live to encourage each other. And I really believe that Mary needed to listen to that encouragement. It felt like a very similar encouragement to what Angel Gabriel said, right? Beautiful words to say to someone. But these are not just beautiful things to say. This is encouragement for the soul. Because within those days, don't you think that Mary was, did I really see an angel? Did this really happen? How am I going to face this? Okay, I said yes. Maybe I was just so naive. How could I said yes to God regarding this? I'm not prepared for this. I don't know anything about having a baby. I'm going to have a baby on my own. Who's going to provide for us? I can go to work. And I think Mary was starting to overthink like we do. And when she comes to Elizabeth, maybe already in her tears, maybe already in a moment of despair, Elizabeth encourages, God has blessed you. Don't worry, Mary. God has your back. You are very blessed by God. Your child is blessed. God is going to take care of you. That's who we want to be this Christmas. Not just on Sundays, but I encourage you to be someone that encourages others. Don't think, oh, it's going to be cheesy. People don't want to hear that. They are desperate to hear that. 
they're desperate to hear that, hey, I know that you're going through a lot, but I want you to know, I want you to remember God loves you. He loves you so much. He has your back. I don't know how he's going to deliver you. I don't know how you're going to bear another day with this illness. I don't know how you're going to be able to eat tomorrow. But I believe in God. Can I pray for you? Can we walk together? Can we trust in God together? Can I share the miracles that God has done in my life that I believe that he's going to do in your life? We need to share encouragement this Christmas. If you don't have anything else to give someone this Christmas, give encouragement. Because the days that we live, people need that. We need that ourselves, but people also need that. Elizabeth says in verse 43, we're coming to a close. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed, Mary. And I, I believe in, in a dramatic pause moment. I believe that Elizabeth looked Mary in the eye. Mary, you are blessed not because right now you have everything you need. Not because right now you have all the answers. Not because you have all the money, you have the right job, that you've met the right people. You are not blessed because any of that. Mary, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Our blessing is in believing who God is, is trusting him with everything, is surrendering our lives before him all the moments, all the time. That is our blessing. My friends, we do live in difficult times, but do not forget that the journey that God has called us to live is a journey of faith. We do not live by what we see. We live by the promises of God. The God that is our provider. The God that is our healer. The God that is our comforter. The God that is our peace. The God that is our savior. The God that is our redeemer. The God that meets us in our anxiety. The God that meets us in our brokenness. The God that meets us in our sin. It's the God that is with you and me right now in this moment in this holy moment and we are called to put our trust in him mary was blessed and her life was blessed filled with challenges do you know the things that mary had to endure during her whole life she gave birth in a place with animals Forget about Hospital de Luche in Lisbon. Do you know the private hospitals or the public hospitals? Forget about a premium service. Forget about having all the conditions. A few years after Jesus was born, she was a refugee in Egypt. Later than that, she returned to Nazareth that tiny little place where everyone for the rest of her life judged her. 
She was going to live a life, and then we don't know about Joseph in the Bible. Much more during the Gospels, Joseph isn't there. So we can conclude and really think that Mary, by this time, that she was a widow. With other children and other people that depended on her, she most probably lived a very hard life. And the Bible shows us that at the very last moment of Jesus' life here on earth, that she was at the cross seeing her firstborn baby being tortured and nailed on the cross. But nowadays, we look at Mary's life and we're able to see the glory. We're able to see the splendor of God. We're able to see now in looking back that all of that Mary had to go through, that wonderful plan was for the glory of God. And I want to believe and I trust that Mary would have, would have not traded any of it for the privilege that is to serve God. Because she said, I am a servant of God. May his will be done and not mine. I want to invite the worship team to come. And before we go into a time of, of prayer and a time of surrendering, I invite you to stay, and you can stay seated. If you want to stand, feel free to stand as well. But we're going to take some time to be in the presence of God because I do believe that the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart this evening about the things in your life that you need to surrender to Him today. Things that you've been carrying, relationships that haven't been working out, your future, your plans, your career, your dreams, your health. Maybe it's your past and things that happened to you in the past that are still marking your life today. God wants you to surrender that before him. And we're going to do that because God is here. He's at a distance of a prayer. And as the worship team leads us in a time of song, a time of prayer through song, meditate on the words that the Spirit of God has been sharing with you this evening. And if there is a prayer that you need to say, say it before Him. And right after, we'll come back together again. But take this time to be in the presence of God before the God that sees you and the God that loves you. Let's sit.